Hello, uh, welcome to the May edition of the Woodman Worship Podcast. Hey, it's great to have you all with us for another riveting half hour or so. There is a surprising amount of people listening to this. I'll be honest, there's a lot of buzz. Encouraging. Right it's a very lot of buzz right now. Which, yeah, anytime we're moderately successful at anything, I'm a little surprised. So yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Great to have you with us. We just, uh, well, Easter was two weeks ago, so we are coming off that. Great weekend. Thank Great you weekend. To, thank you to all who served. Easter, Good Friday. Very special weekend. A lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to take a look ahead to this upcoming month. What is, uh, what do you say this? What we're excited for this month? Yeah. Here's a jingle. Okay, um, so this month, new series. Yeah. True North. Cool name. Cool name. Cool graphic. Cool graphic. Cool topic. Cool colors. Green, cool. My favorite, green is my favorite color. <laughs> oh, good to know. Um, you know, it's a series on Titus and uh, what are, um, you know, what what does the Bible say about how the church should be structured? How do we interpret that? Where doctrinal principles that we stand on. So I think it's a necessary series. It makes planning services interesting, too, um, because it's not... It's a lot different than Mark. Right. Um, but anyway. Lots lots of weekends strictly that are just Jesus stories, and then this series where it's like, what's the first song that you think of right. <laughs> related to church doctrine? Right. Elders. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're making it happen. Um and uh, in a way, have been really hoping that the series kind of um, starts some new stuff for us in terms of how we engage the congregation. We've talked a lot as a team about, um, you know, when we pray or when we read something in service, being intentional about making it not that we're like, as the worship team, doing it all for the congregation. We want a lot of participation in it. So when we read stuff, we want everyone to read it, or we're going to do a call and response, or we're going to have everyone pray. Um, not just the worship leader. So, um, kicking around some new ideas with that, this, uh, this series. And then before you know it, summer will be here. So, wow. Summer's already here for probably some people. If they're done with school. And the return oh. of Carson and Oh, Cars. Casey's on this podcast. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey, Casey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> just dropping by. You guys all know Casey from Behold, the <laughs> hit Christmas video. Soon to be followed up with the sequel, Beheld. Beheld. Yes. I feel like I've made that joke before. Did you? Yeah. It's funny. It's still a good joke. All right. Anyway, Mm. it's no grave that's going to hold her down. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, anything else you guys are looking forward to? I was just looking ahead. Oh, uh, I actually really had fun with this last time, but we're going to have a kids choir Mm -hmm. on May 11, 12. Um... It's just a cool thing to have kids in the service helping lead worship. Like, there's Absolutely. no reason they shouldn't be. And so, uh, I'm excited about that for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Here is uh, what we're listening to. Jingle. Is it really a new segment if someone doesn't 
ask if there's going to be a jingle before it. <laughs> um, okay, we've talked about it before. Hillsong United. Oh. Full album. People out now. I love it. It's great. It's very good. I love it so much. A lot of different stuff on it, too. Um, well, a- I think I, I love worship music. We Good. sing it. We sing it all the time. Good. I should be. If I'm in this job, I should <laughs> like worship music. Sometimes it feels very, at least like definitely album albums sound like very put together, very produced, very clean, very perfect. Mm. And this album feels so like alive. Like it, you can just they recorded it live, and I think yep. I heard they, you know, it's a rare thing to not run tracks anymore. Mm-hmm. And I heard that they recorded all of it. Just with click. Wow. They had like two keys. I don't even believe that. They did. No way. Of course they patch it up. Sure. Of course they patch patch it up later on. But even if you watch the videos, you can see moments where they're very obviously like making a call Mm. on the fly on like if they sing something again. That's super cool. So the album just feels so alive and it it feels like a worship night. There's a song on there too that's called Clean. Oh, yeah. That is totally acapella. Mm -hmm. And it's so... With like a little vocoder. Yeah. It's like just so nice. It. So again, they're just trying to be creative, trying to change it up, trying to do some different stuff. I mean, there's we listen to some interview with them where Joel Houston talks a little bit about like maybe this might be the end of United. Just they'll have families; they've been doing it for a long time. Like he's Same basically people. Yeah, he's basically like we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And so because of that, this album to me feels like a, like a compilation of all of their different sounds almost. Like <clears throat> um, I think Good Grace a little bit, and then definitely the the Toast one. Oh, here's to the one. To the one. Sound like old, like old kind of like. Almost punk rock united, and then songs like "Ready or Not" to me feels a little bit like uh, what's the song? Like that song "Here Now" they did a few mm-hmm. albums ago, and then there's just some like newer stuff too. Uh, Highland song of a Silence is my favorite feels like one. a little bit of like Diet So Will I almost. Um, <laughs> Diet So Will I. <laughs> not quite as good, but um, so yeah, it just kind of feels like I don't know. It'd be sad if they were done, but it feels like this is who they are. Yeah, and this is who they have been. So, and so as far as how that applies to us as Woodman, because obviously they have like layered vocals upon layered vocals. They have oh, they have like eight people on stage. Eight people on stage. Singing. They have yeah. you know one campus. They're not doing the multi campus thing, so they have the the room and well, flexibility. They're a, they're a proper band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when we bring up these albums on 
the podcast. It's not that, okay, now we're going to start doing all of these songs exactly as they do it, but really trying to listen for just creative ideas and different parts that we can apply Mm -hmm. to us. I think that's just important to, to remember and point out. Well, and even with that, like, I think this album is a, is a testament to letting a song sound like you Mm -hmm. like this, this album just sounds like them. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of a little raw and like a little messy. Um, and like if we if we were to play any of them, they should sound like Woodman playing these songs, not us trying to replicate mm-hmm. United. For sure. Anyway, I I love it. It's really it's a great. It's, album. Really it's foreshadowing to our next segment. But oh. We're not there yet. Yes. Uh, other things that came I out. I rein it in. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, Paradoxology, Elevation, and honestly, I don't think you can really listen to these songs without watching the videos. Yeah, don't look it up on Spotify. Look them up on Definitely YouTube. Not. Yes. Like. I mean, it's like a short film. A little bit. But, I mean, the reality is they just kind of ran into a warehouse and did, like, I don't know, seven or eight songs in different parts of the warehouse. They, like, these are all reimagined. Yeah. They're not remixes. They're, like, completely reimagined versions of their songs. Yeah. Um, but then they also filmed, filmed them, like, really creatively. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. things out phil wickham sing along four came out Ugh. as we're recording right now Ugh. i love i love phil carson carson is woodman's <laughs> diet phil wickham. no <laughs> but i do love him and that's the nicest thing you've ever said to thank me. you yeah this is the fourth one he's been he's i think the first one came out in like 2010 it's just him on an acoustic guitar and it sounds so big so big and I, they're 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 definitely like my favorite worship albums to listen to it's very impressive the way that he can i think his his acoustic stuff is better than his full band stuff yeah Yeah. that's something he's really talented at part of it is just the beauty of his voice um i think is better showcased as acoustic in an acoustic set speaking of he's he sings a little bit of what a beautiful name on the album in in the female key. In the key. In the D. original the key. The key that I sing, What a Beautiful Name it's in. nuts. And he does the bridge, <laughs> low and high. It's wicked crazy. Anyways. Wickham crazy. Wickham crazy. Oh, uh, my. But the, I th- think the thing that I'm starting to just hear more, and Carson's been telling me what to listen for, which is helpful, but just the way that he plays his acoustic and he doesn't capo, he lets... So it sounds fuller um, and just the strings. rhythms yeah. and the dynamics that he does with his acoustic guitar 
is just really cool. And I think it's uh, helpful for if you're playing in an acoustic setting, whether you're playing side gigs or leading worship at mom to moms or yeah. whatever. Carson's I think a big uh, mom, mom to moms love Carson. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is the official woodman worship leader, worship leader for mom's <laughs> ministry, women's ministry in general. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so anyways, if you're doing some acoustic stuff like that, definitely listen to this album because it really will give you some great ideas. The way the way that he like approaches playing, I, and I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but the way that he approaches how he plays acoustic and like not only rhythmically, like how he's strumming, but voicings that he chooses and even how he tunes his guitar um, just makes it sound really big and dynamic. And yeah. you can find you can find him explaining some of that stuff online. Like, I think if you look up the great things, uh, what's it called? Where they like interview the person who new song cafe, new song cafe. Then if you look up like the great things, new song cafe, he talks a little bit about how he plays acoustic and some of the shapes and stuff. If you're an acoustic player, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. You have 
Also, uh, while we're talking about Fluidum, <clears throat> him and Chris Quilala of Jesus Culture released You Can't Ever Stop on Good Friday. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do... How, if you release a great song, like, a month before, then it's like, oh, maybe we can work this in. If it's the day before Easter services, what are you doing? Let me just clarify. I have no problem with the song. It's a fine song. It's just... Oh, it's a, I think it's a great song. Yeah, but I saw, I saw pictures of people leading it at their churches Easter Sunday, and I'm like... What, you gave the band, like, 12 hours to learn this song? Like, it just came out. Anyone who complains about us changing things last minute, <laughs> at least we didn't put in a new song on Easter the yeah. day before. Right. Didn't you say that Planning Center... Uh, Worship Together <laughs> yes. says the most traffic on their website is the Saturday before Easter. Oh, my God. Because yeah. people are planning their sets <laughs> right, the so day before. Sets and looking for songs. Yeah. So, y'all are lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um... And, oh, and then Mac Brock uh, covered EP, which I listened to a little bit. I wish he was still in Elevation, but that's just me. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. <laughs> um, and then just a side note, non-worship related, shout out to our buddy Nate Zerker, who has played oh. banjo at Monument and Rockerman before. Friend of Woodman. Friend of Woodman. His band, Jude and the Lion, released their new album, Pep Talks, yeah. today. It's very good. Started as a, as a worship band at Belmont. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. And they've, yeah, they've kind of gone down another path that wasn't Full worship music. Roll. But I did see an interview with them. They they had an interview with Relevant Magazine, and they asked them about that, and they talked about how they're all they're all still Christian, but they very intentionally like write music that is hopeful, hopeful and honest, and uh, yeah. So that's out today. Highly recommend it. It's very good. Yep. Awesome. Let's get to our next segment. A discussion on what are the main characteristics of Woodman Valley Chapel's church culture? Cue the um, jingle. The best jingle is when it interrupts him talking. Yeah, that's the point of the jingle, it's really. Good. Um, he here's... Here is. Can we hear that jingle again? Here is kind of the rationale behind why we thought this would be important. Um, One of my favorite classes in seminary was a class called How to Develop a Healthy Congregational Culture. Um, And it talked, the professor talked a lot about like, the importance of understanding the church's history, um, you know, stories of people in it, uh, people have been there for a long time, understanding, like, maybe there are artifacts or things in the church, like, um, you know, if you have a ton of American flags in your lobby, like, that's communicating like an something. old couch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and how that can imply uh, something about your church's values and beliefs potentially. Um, And so I think it's important that we as worship leaders understand who Woodman is 
and the history of Woodman and what are the values of Woodman and what we see exhibited in kind of the culture of our congregation because that influences decisions we make about weekend services and what we do. Like that's going to impact the type of songs we sing, the way our stage looks, you know, why we're not like doing strobe lights all the time, all the weekends, um, where we're not having like, where we're not opening with like a queen song or something. Um, and so I think it's just important for all of us to just step back and reflect and think a little bit about who Woodman is. Um, and that helps us get on board a little bit with, um, decisions we make. So I have some words that I would use to describe the Woodman Valley Chapel culture and some things to think about and, Carson, in case you are going to jump in as they need. Uh, One is like, if you think about it, like this upcoming year, Woodman Valley Chapel will be celebrating its 40-year anniversary. That's crazy. And I don't know about any of you, but I've never been at a church that has lasted. Well, (laughs) let me rephrase that. (laughs) I've never been at a church that's lasted this long. All the churches I've been at. You've never been at a church with this deep of a history. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) It's not that every church I go to falls apart. Um, So... (laughs) 40 years, 40 years. Course, everything that you touch turns to gold. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> 40 years is a long time. Like, that's, what, 1979. Not only, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, yes. I feel like we just this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, the number by itself is impressive, but what's even more impressive to me is the amount of people who have been here. Yes. For, like, regularly, I will talk to people who are like, yeah, you know, we've been coming here for 26 years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Same, the same spot. The founder of the church still goes to Woodman. He's yep. at the Southwest campus. Yep. That is like crazy. Amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so words that I use uh, to think about Woodman there is faithfulness and consistency. Mm-hmm. Like you have people who have been coming to the church no matter who the lead pastor has been. Um, no matter what kind of bumps in the road the church has been through, like there are people who still go here. Yeah. Like they are committed to this community, committed to this church, and maybe the leadership or any drama that's happening is secondary to them. Yeah. Um, well, even wanna, like changes in, I mean, you even think about just stylistically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What kind of music they were singing when they first yeah. started, right? Totally. Worship music and how it's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. And I mean, we're coming off an era a little bit, I think, of Woodman that was probably a little more arts-driven. Like, they had plays, yeah. a lot of stage props, like painting, painting and, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and we're a little different now, but people are still... They kind of... Uh, it's here. cool to embrace the season that we're in. Yeah. Just kind of as it happens. Absolutely. And a servant's heart... That's a servant's heart, to really embrace what is new, what is happening, what young one, young people want in yeah. the church. Yeah. Even though that's maybe not your favorite or you miss the Scrooged place, whatever. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah. it's... I really respect that. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think is a characteristic of the Woodman culture is... Um, is an emphasis on doing things well. Like, I think there is, a, there is a level of quality that's been established in weekend services. You think about, like, recently... I don't know how many of you guys even knew this was the case, but like when it was just Rockerman and Heights, like they were fully connected campuses. So you would like there was a shared like it's impressive that we stream the sermon, but if you were playing on the team, you had a click that was streamed to your in ears, right, from the other campus, mm-hmm. right. 
So you might be in the room and see on the screen the worship leader from the other campus leading the song, but your band is playing with them. Live. Live. Yeah. What? No? That's what yeah, they no, oh, okay. It's crazy. I thought you were looking at me like, no, no, that's it's not crazy. how it works. Okay. That's crazy. Like, think if of someone like, proposed that now, yeah. you'd be like, no, why, why would we do like, that? You have to think of the timing involved to sync the campuses up, like the internet connection, the lag, like, there's so, yeah. I, I remember moments with that where it'd be like, I think I was, like, I'd be playing at Heights. And, like, maybe we drop down for the last chorus, and then you look at the screen, and the drummer at the other campus is still, like, going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, but that's, like, a small example. You think of, like, how much attention to detail has to be there every single weekend. Like, just There's, like, a necessary, like, call for quality. Yeah. And I think, although we've moved away from that in services, there still is... um, there is still a, a bit in our culture that like people appreciate things done well, yep. and at a, at a, not that we want to be like this perfectionistic culture that just hates it when people make any sort of mistake. Yeah. But um, we want to do things well. We want to do things. We want to think through things. Be thoughtful um, about what we do. Um, another characteristic of Woodman culture, I would say, is outward focused. You think of things like Westside Community Center mm. that the church helps run. You think of our partnership with Cause I Love You. You think with kind of our, we have an emphasis here on global missions trips and all the uh, different um, global partners that we have. Like this is a church that cares about what is happening outside of its walls as well. Oh, the well, mobile food truck even. You know? Yeah. Well, even just the focus on uh, – like instead of building bigger buildings mm-hmm. to launch campuses yeah. and to like, Hey, you should be going to church in the area that you live and serving that area and getting to know that community. That's, I mean, that's very missionally minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, um, another word I had for Woodman culture was, um, was humble actually. And that like, I don't think, you know, when, you talk to other people in churches about churches in the Springs, like Woodman is a name that, that comes up, but it's not like, Oh, that's like the church that like is the most famous in the city, you know? Um, like there are lots of other churches that might come up before it, but I think like, we're not a, not necessarily like a flashy, flashy or like we're not self-promoting a lot. We're just showing up. We're going to do a good service and you know, and we're going to go, kind of go about our business a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think that's, and I think the people that I see here uh, exhibit that as well. I think there's a commitment to being genuine. Yeah. So even when you're talking about there's quality, we want to do a good job. But at the end of the day, we know this is all for the Lord. This is not to make a huge, big show that everybody claps really loud for. You know, that's yeah. just, it's it's very grounded and this is for Jesus. Absolutely. Um, and then the final thing is, um, and this goes a little bit with kind of the faithfulness consistency thing, but I think people are willing to try new things here and go along with things if you cast a vision for it. Um, like it's important that if we're going to try something new, that we're explaining why we're doing it. So that's why a lot of times when we introduce new songs, we do want to talk about um, why we're singing this song, why we think it's important for our church. Uh, the time you think about like we did Yes I Will recently and we we really wanted to say like worship is a decision and we care um about you all in the congregation making that decision and choosing to worship and I think that made the song go 
over way better than if we just like started playing it and didn't say anything about it. Um, same with, you know, we get, so we probably in the last year, even more than that, we would get a decent amount of complaints about volume and services. And then Josh kind of put together a, a piece, uh, that he shared at launch about why we do what we do with the volume. And I would say we, although we still get complaints occasionally, that number is significantly dropped because he kind of cast a vision for why we do what we do. I um, mean, why that's important for do our church without a reason for it. Yeah. So, so there you go. I, I think those are kind of the main things I think about when I think of Woodman. And so as a result, maybe that'll help you understand kind of some of the decisions we make and why we make them, um, with our, um, with our culture in mind. With that said, it's time for our final segment, a brand new segment. We're very excited to announce called ask us anything. Cue the jingle. Jingle. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where um, you are able to submit questions to us. That was a great jingle. And, oh my gosh. And we will answer them. Um, special thank you to Sean Pringle from the Heights Campus for uh, for this idea. Shout and he actually has submitted some questions that we're going to take. But if you do have questions in the future, that's Carson.Smith at WoodmanValley.org. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like what happened to Carson and Cars? Right. We were doing three of them. We only showed two of them. <laughs> Why weren't you guys wearing seatbelts? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe maybe that'll be a bonus episode. No, oh, we like could it. talk for hours about Carson and Cars. Oh, yeah, man. Um, don't get me started. So we have, t- we, have, <laughs> we have two questions for this week. Uh, number one: Should I play exactly what's on the track or do my own thing? Yes. uh i always i i kind of come from the thought process of like you know everyone's preparing on their own at home and so you should you should like serve the song based on like what's put out um like dynamically we're still gonna like you're gonna play an up chorus or a down bridge here or uh like you need to follow that stuff um but at the same time, like, you don't want it to sound robotic on the weekend. Yeah. Like, you're just, like, you're pulling it off. And I, I know this is, like, this is a bit of a strange thing because, like, we provide rehearsal mix and, like, there's tutorials attached on Planning Center and all this stuff mm-hmm. that kind of insinuates, like, hey, learn the exact part. And, but really, want, we want those to be tools to help you learn the part. So in, so in my mind, it's, like, learn the hooks, learn the song dynamically, but then, like, make it make it feel like you like worship through the part you know yeah Yeah. i think the i think two things that i think about when when we talk about this topic is is one you're playing it as a team and so if you as a musician love like all the fun jazz notes or jazz chords or the Mm. walk downs and stuff but the rest of the band isn't doing that yeah there's like a conflict of style that's happening within the team uh, brings about confusion amongst your team members. Right. And so I think that's something to consider. Like you guys are all learning this as a team to play this. You know, you can't play it by yourself. That's you're all playing the same thing together to make something beautiful. Yeah. And so if you want to decide as a team to change the arrangement, that's one thing, but to kind of like go off and do your own thing 
you know, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. You still, you still want to serve the song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I think about is you, we're playing this so that people can worship and join it, join us. So as a vocalist, this is something that really applies. There's all sorts of fun vocal runs that I could do. There's all sorts of like, I would love to hop up to the harmony here or do some different creative things, but people can't sing along with me when I do that well. Um, unless it's a very well-known song and I've already sung the bridge three times and now I have the background vocalist singing the melody and then I can go off and do something else. But I would say, especially as if you're a vocalist and you're trying to lead a song, you need to serve the congregation before you serve your creative, uh, outlet or preference. Mm. Um, and same thing for the band. I think like cool instrumentals and electric Mm. solos are cool, but, if they, if they take away for, if they, as soon as they cause the congregation to disengage with worship and kind of start focusing on, whoa, what's, what's happening right now? There's only cert- a few settings that that's appropriate, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's good. I th- well, I think about like, if we just did Easter, we did five services back to back with the same set. Yeah the same tracks. And so obviously like we're, we're all, we're, we're playing the song basically the same every service, but there would be the occasional, like, like I was playing with, um, I was playing with Chris Banta at Monument and he threw in like different fills and stuff every service or like Josh Day would throw in like an extra little run here and there. And so to me it was like, that's the line is like, it's still, it's serve, you're serving the moment, you're serving the song, but like you're also in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're not playing robotically the part that you learn correct you're you're in the moment um but you're also not (laughs) showing off in the process totally and it just makes it more fun when you're doing three services back to back like we should be having fun doing this definitely good uh second question what are the benefits and then also potentially drawbacks of uh memorizing all your music for the weekend if you memorize your music, you will play less robotically and be more in the moment. <laughs> I think that's kind of the key to to that line of like like serving the song and serving the moment is like if you know if you know the part well, then you're you're able to kind of move around within that a little more. Yeah. Also, as as um, worship leaders, where everyone on stage is leading the congregation in worship: the drummer, bass player, guitarist, everybody, and so. Um, because we are leading people in worship, we want to model worship. We want to genuinely engage in worship from the stage. And so if you're staring at your music stand the entire time, uh, it's just hard for you to engage in worship, right? Um, Or hard hard for you to model engagement in worship. Mm -hmm. Um, So memorizing your music can definitely free you up for that. I think also just memorizing your music, memorizing the maps, um, really frees you up for when God wants to do something special. We've talked about this on the last episode about mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit and kind of um, being free in worship, but we have a clock on the back wall. So when you know your music, you know the map, then all of a sudden when God puts something on the worship leader's heart and they kind of turn around and signal the drummer, let's build this up, you're not like, what? 
what's happening because yeah. you're trying to think where you are in the song and all this stuff. No, you already know it really well, so you can follow along well. Well, and even like if you're not glued to your music, you're able to engage with the band more too. Yeah. So we're also. all like we're all in that moment together. And I think mm-hmm. about again, like we're playing the same set back to back. And there are some services where for whatever reason, like this like a bridge just like blows up and you can just feel it yeah. in that service. It's Definitely. like everyone in the room is just in it together. It's not about anyone on stage. It's mm-hmm. just like um uh, but the reason that we're in it together is because we're not we're not staring at the music pulling it off. True. We're like, we're like trying to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing uniquely in, in that, that room service. for that congregation, for that service. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a great debate, not a great debate, but there is debates among worship circles about like music stands are not on stage um, and having, uh, should it be mandatory that everyone memorizes their music just for purposes of engagement and that, um, not being robotic, but and I for sure see the value. Don't worry, we're not about to take your music stands away. No, no don't freak we're out. not. <clears throat> I think just for where we're at with four campuses and you know a hundred ministry partners playing in bands over the weekend, and you all are working during the week or have families, it's just not realistic to think that everyone is going to memorize no. music every single week. So, however, you can challenge yourself. Yeah. like if it's a song like Forever with the same chord progression for the whole song why are you staring at your music stand you know what it says yeah um and honestly when i came on staff here i had my music because it was it was like a comfort blanket of just Mm kind of having the map in front of me yeah and then um i was asked to try to lead without my music and it scared me because i just kind of felt had that moment of what if i forget where i am in the song or whatever Mm -hmm. But actually just stepping out and trying that on right. a few songs that I was comfortable with showed me, oh, I actually could do this more often. And I think it pushed me to um, just to a place where now I am able to engage more with the congregation because yeah. I spend the time on the front end memorizing the maps. And it doesn't have to be like a dive-in scenario. Like no. You can start with like, one song. I'm going to choose one song this weekend and I'm just not going to use music for that one. Mm-hmm. Or even like I'll often... I'll often have, have my iPad out for rehearsal right. for reference because we're all looking at the same chart. So if we need to talk through like an instrumental or something, what chords are we playing, then I have it there, but then pull it away for run through. So like you got all the practice in, mm-hmm. bands playing it together, probably don't need it anymore. It, but also I think the key, like music stands are not the issue. Right. Be- Bethel has music stands on stage. They have a very charismatic, engaged church. Yeah. So obviously that is not, the problem is not having music stands on stage. The problem is staring at them. So, mm-hmm. like, even vocalists don't. At Woodman, vocalists tend to not have a music stand in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. They use the back wall for lyrics. Yeah. If they're staring at the back wall, the that is just time. as distracting as if they were staring at a music stand. Uh, yes. So the key is just, like, free yourself up from that. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not locking eyes with, you know. So here's the challenge. Yes. The next weekend you're the on. Casey challenge. Yes. The next weekend you're on. <laughs> Casey's challenge of the month. (laughs) (laughs) Next weekend you're on, go into rehearsal with like your, your charts or going or for vocalists watching the back wall. But then for run through, choose one song to try without looking at your music. And then if it goes terrible and you need it for service, go ahead and use it again. But I think, I think a lot of you will be surprised. You'll be surprised at how much you just remember. Yes. You'll be surprised at how much easier it is than you think it is. Yeah. So. That's my challenge. Cue the jingle. There you go. (laughs)
There is no jingle for Casey's challenge. <laughs> I'm so sick. I of, will sing. I'm my so sick of jingle. jingles. Gosh. Casey's challenge. Anyway, Casey's challenge oh, wait, she's of the jingle. week. Can you do that again? We're just gonna play a clip from the hold the hold song as <laughs> the jingle. Casey's challenge. Casey's challenge. Casey's oh. challenge of the month. Casey's challenge. Casey's challenge. Casey's, Casey's challenge, challenge of the, of the month. month. Okay, I, I need to cut this off. Um, that's it for the month of May. Hey. Um, hope. You have a great month, and we'll talk to you next month. Okay. Very well. Goodbye. Very well.